Thank you so much for listening to Do No Harm Podcast. On this episode, I will have Michael from New York State, and he will be sharing his story of a medical misdiagnosis of abuse. I do want to note that some of the names may be changed due to confidentiality and or fear of retaliation. If you or anyone you know has a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out and we can do it anonymously. Thank you. Michael from New York State, and he is currently fighting reunification of his daughter due to false allegations of abuse. And this is their story. So you can go ahead and tell us um, basically from the beginning how everything happened. And we'll just go from there. Um, Well, when Mia was born, um, she had a bruise over her clavicle. Um, We didn't think anything of it. after we had returned home from the hospital, she was very irritable and uh, moaned a lot and seemed like she was in pain. Um, we took her to the hospital. Um, after the pediatrician suggested we do that, uh, they didn't find anything. They diagnosed her as a fussy baby and sent us home. We continued to see the doctor weekly for weight checks because our daughter wasn't growing. Um, so there was some concern there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about a month or so after she was born, um, she did seem like she was getting better. Um, there wasn't as much fussiness, um, but we were still continuing with the, the doctor's checkups mm-hmm. weekly. Uh, then about a month after that, we, we had, I was on my way to work and my fiance had called me and just, I could, I could hear this clicking sound in my daughter's it sounded like it was from her chest. Um, there was also a lump on her back, um, wow. but there there wasn't any bruising um, around any of the locations, um, any of her ribs, her clavicle. The spot on her back didn't have a bruise on it. Um, my fiance took our daughter to the pediatrician. They they had asked her if she was in a car accident. Of course, she had said no because that's not what had happened. Right. Um, they, they sent her to, uh, a nearby hospital where our daughter had x-rays done and they told us that she had, uh, rib fractures. Wow. Uh, they immediately sent my daughter and my fiance to a children's hospital in Rochester where they did more extensive testing, um, the first night we were there, we were interviewed by uh, sheriff's investigators. Um, okay, so uh, wait a minute. So you guys go to the children's hospital, and then yes. when you go to the children's hospital, investigators, as in like cops, come over to the hospital. Yeah. Yes, yes. Wow. Within within, I think two hours of us being there, um, we'd only had a skeletal survey done and a a CT scan done for our daughter and uh, there's a sheriff's investigator that was waiting to speak with us. Um, I gave him a statement that day. Um, so when the cops go, go to speak to you, what do they tell you when they show up? It's like, hey, we have concerns about your daughter or what? what, are, what is their reasoning for Because that's just bizarre that a cop would just show up to a children's yeah, hospital. He, 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 he originally told us um, that there wasn't anybody on call for CPS and that uh, 
the CPS supervisor asked him to come out and get a statement from us. Wow. Um, so that so the doctors made a call to CPS because of the rib fractures, which it sounds th- that's typically what they do whenever there's fractures correct. with a child because you know they have to make sure that the child's not being abused. So at this point, it sounds like maybe a child abuse pediatrician is going to get involved and do their child abuse assessment. The cops are already out there questioning you guys, getting statements. Do they read you your Miranda rights? No, no. Interesting. Um, And actually we had just, we just talked about that uh, the other day because uh, we both gave multiple statements to the sheriff's department Mm -hmm. in our County. And my fiance never had her Miranda rights read to her. Um, And the two statements she gave, I gave three statements and they only read me my Miranda rights at the last statement I gave. Wow. Okay. So the cops show up, you do your statement. And then what happens after that? Uh, they tell us that they're admitting our daughter. Uh, there was concern that she might need surgery. Um, they weren't really explaining to us in great detail of what, um, so we, we were basically there for a couple of days. Um, we continued to ask questions. Um, we were doing research ourselves on the computer. Um, and so we, we'd have a list of questions for the doctors when they'd come back through and do their rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we were suggesting or asking questions about, they were saying, um, no, that's not it. That can't be it. Or uh, Mia, Mia seems fine. Um, this just seems like a case of abuse. Wow. Um, so let me ask you this. When when they were doing all these tests, because I'm sure they were like picking and prodding at her any chance oh, that yeah. they got. Did oh, they yeah. let you guys know, hey, you guys are under investigation for potential child abuse or we think that you may have abused your child. So that's why we're doing all these tests. You have yes. the right to refuse that. Did they ever tell you that? No, they did not tell us we had the right to refuse anything. Um but we were told we were under investigation for child abuse. Um, I think wow. the second day we were there, CPS had actually finally showed up and spoke with my fiance um, first. And then she came back uh, an emotional wreck. Um, wow, I'm sure. Didn't really get a chance to talk to her because there was doctors poking and prodding at my daughter mm-hmm. at the time. And then the CPS investigator wanted to speak with me. So I went and spoke with her. And that's when she told us that um, our boys wouldn't be allowed to come home as well. And that they had wow. to stay with their grandmother. Yeah, it was... That is heartbreaking. And did, that, did they ever at like any point in there say, hey, you can seek a second opinion about, about our allegations that we're making against you. You can seek somebody else to, to make sure that what we're saying is right. No, no. Right. Yeah. It, Wow. We didn't know any of the rights that we had. We didn't know we could refuse to talk to CPS or the investigators. Yeah, I mean, many parents don't. And that's why we get in the situations that we're in. Because we we, we think that CPS is doing right by our child. Right. right. Thinking that they really want to find answers. But in reality, they're trying to make up their own story and concoct it in a way where you're going to be the guilty parent. And they're going to use that against you to take your children and potentially charge you. Yes. Yes. Right. Now that we've, and it's, it's sad that it, it works that way. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's really upsetting. Very, um, very. Um, so CPS talks to you, tells you, breaks down the news to you that you can't bring your babies home. And right. this was how long ago? Um, October of last year. 
Wow. So your babies have not been home since October of 2019. No. no. Wow. And after you guys were discharged from the hospital, where did your baby go? She was put into a foster home with Amish people. Wow. That's just crazy. And did you have any visitations or, I mean, how did everything unravel after that? I mean, I I just can't even imagine going into the hospital for being worried about your baby and leaving without your child. That just, it blows my mind. Yeah, it was, it was hard. It was, and we live about an hour away from the hospital. So the ride home is extremely long and difficult. Um, We... We do, we, we get to visit our boys whenever we want. Um, there's no limits on that, really. Um, but our daughter, we, we only get to see once a week for, for two hours. Wow, that's really sad. So basically, let's see, how old was the baby when she was removed? Two and a half months. Wow, and she's what now? She just turned one. Wow. So basically, her entire life has been with foster parents, with you only getting a few hours per week to bond with your child. Yeah. And, but but their whole goal is reunification. Right. Did they ever um, say termination of parental rights? Did they ever criminally charge anybody? I mean, how did the, the CPS case unravel after? So, you know, she's put into foster care and then, then what, what happens after that? Um, there was no criminal charges brought against us. Um, Wow. We we continued to work with the or give our statements to the investigators even after we were discharged. Um, right. So you continue to cooperate, bend over backwards, do everything they ask of you. Yeah. And it's still not good enough, right? Right. And um, um, when they made the allegations, it's the child abuse pediatrician. Yes. Um, what specialties do these child? I mean, in many cases that I've known of, these child abuse pediatricians are not really experts in anything. Now, in a very rare case, you will have a child abuse pediatrician that does specialize in bones or that specializes in, you know, something. Does this child abuse pediatrician specialize in anything at all other than just general pediatrics? No, she, she's, she's actually the head of their, it's called their reach team at this, at this children's hospital who, uh, is their team for, for child abuse. Um, but she is just a pediatric doctor. Um, that's, that's really it. Wow. There's no so she's not background. an endocrinologist. She's not, no. she's not an orthopedist. She's not, not a, a biomechanic and engineer, you know, biomechanics engineer that can say a certain mechanism may have caused that. So what right. was their explanation for these rib fractures? That, Someone either had to have stomped on my daughter or we would have had to have been in a really bad car accident. Oh, my God. Wow. And there's never been a bruise on my daughter other than the day she was born. Wow. But nobody said anything about that, right? Because the, doc- the doctors caused that bruise. Right. No, but no, yeah, so no nobody mentioned that. But now when you guys take her, you guys are concerned. Something's wrong with my baby. Now, they're, now they want to say that it's abuse. I'm sorry, I broke up. Can you? Yeah, no, what I'm saying is whenever they caused the injury, because they obviously did something at birth, there was some sort of birth trauma, it sounds like. But they they didn't care about that. But when you keep taking her in, like, hey, there's something wrong with my baby, 
you know, weeks have passed and you really don't know what's happening. They scream abuse at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Which is, it's terrible. Cause I, yeah. I, it's, it's my one and only daughter and there's, there's no way that anybody's ever, I, I treat her like gold. Um, right. I just can't even, and, I can't even imagine. Like, it's just, it's unfathomable really to think that you would take your child in to the doctors because you, as parents, concerned parents we think that is the right thing to do but then we're penalized for doing just that absolutely yeah yeah that's exactly it and it's like you didn't have to take your baby in right i mean your your baby can't talk your baby can't say anything you didn't have to take her in you could have just neglected that and just moved on about your life but because you were concerned and you said hey i really want to know what's wrong with my baby they just point the finger at you and say well you abused her Why, why would an abuser just go go on and tell themselves like that Right. right. Why would we take her to the doctor right. weekly? Um, we didn't have any problems with our boys whatsoever. Um, they've grown up healthy and strong and uh, no extra concerns at all. Um, but with me, we, we were always concerned. Um, we've made at least three phone calls to the, the on-call doctors after hours um, for other things that were wrong um, that we couldn't figure out or pinpoint or figure out what to do exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was definitely a mystery for us and we were, we wanted to solve it. We wanted to get to the right. bottom of it all. And, and it's, it's just ridiculous that we tried so hard to, to figure out and be good parents. And right. like you said, now we're being penalized for it. Right. Wow. That's just crazy. And I remember I was speaking to your wife, um, she mentioned to me that there is a history of a bone condition. It's called osteogenesis imperfecta for people that it's otherwise known as brittle bone disease. Um, And she mentioned to me that there's at least six family members in her family alone that have this bone condition. And for those that don't know, osteogenesis imperfecta is basically it's bone fragility. So that you could have a baby that could literally sneeze and break a bone. Yes. They could roll over and break a bone. And are these doctors taking any of this into consideration? No. Um, we actually, they, the endocrinologist at the, the children's hospital ordered a genetic test um, for the, for osteogenesis imperfecta. Um, in November, the end of November, the beginning of December, he had called and said that um, the test came back negative. Um, us being, wow. I guess, gullible to these doctors, believed him. Um, we didn't ask for copies of the records until actually March of this year. And when we received the records, we found that there was um, two genetic deformities that could cause osteogenesis imperfecta. Wow. Um, they, so that's, so they basically, d- d- they've done perjury is what they've done. They've lied under oath. Yes. And nobody cares. Nobody does anything about it. It's no, no big deal. Right. But if we lie under oath, then we, we get penalized. We will go to jail. We will get fines. Yes. Yes. Unreal. No one's, Unreal. No one's holding them accountable at all. Right. There's no accountability. Absolutely. That is crazy. So um, I've learned that recently you have also um, 
been diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Is that correct? Yes. My, uh, my surgeon, um, who's done my ankle surgeries, um, di- diagnosed me uh, earlier this year, um, I think about February, um, just because I, I've, I've had a history of fractures growing up. Uh, I had my, my earliest fracture when I was three years old. My, uh-huh. arm, my arm broke. Um, and none of that mattered to them. None of them. No. N- not the fact that there's six family members with osteogenesis imperfecta. Not the fact that you have Ehlers-Danlos officially diagnosed and you also had fractures as a young child. Yes. I've had almost 30 fractures and dislocations. Oh, my God. And they, that is unreal. And yeah, they, they just don't they don't they keep telling us that our daughters is perfectly fine and perfectly healthy, um, which is a bunch of bull. Um, wow. Our daughter was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism a couple of days after birth, um, which can also cause bone issues. Is that right? Yes. Um, the thyroid wow. is essential for growing. And obviously, if your thyroid's not working properly, then um, everything else just doesn't work properly. Um, her bones wouldn't calcify the way they were supposed to be. Um, so that, yeah, it, hypothyroidism wow. could have easily also contributed to um, the fractures. Wow. That's just, I mean, that the amount of evidence that you have proving that your baby has a bone condition Right. And they still don't believe you. It's just insane because I can't even. So look, let's just think about a family that maybe doesn't have as much ev- hard, like hard evidence. You guys have it, right? right. It's there. They're just refusing to accept it. Right. Let's just say there's a family who doesn't have as much family history of anything. They don't know maybe that they have osteogenesis imperfecta. They don't know maybe that they have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. For those that don't know what Ehlers-Danlos syndrome that that's a connective tissue disorder. So it has a lot to do with your bones, your bone health. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that they have it right. until something tragic like this happens. Right? right. And then at that point, it's too late. It's too late to get that diagnosed because the doctors don't want to hear it at that point. Right. right. It's abuse. And that's it. Yep. You know, they, they don't, they don't care if you, if God himself came down and said, no, these parents really didn't do it at that point. They don't want to hear it anymore. No one wants to be wrong. Right. And there's too much money exchanging hands as well. Absolutely. Wow. So it has been since October of 2019. At this point, I'm sure they've ordered some services that you guys have already done. Yep. What more are they asking of you guys? Why isn't your baby back home? Uh, They have they they want explanations as to how our daughter got her fractures. That's so they want an admittance. Basically, they want for you to for you to stand in front of the judge and say, hey, judge, I beat my child. You guys were right. I was wrong. And that's what they that's what they claim is going to get your baby back home. Right. Right. Wow. How does that make sense to anybody? Uh, It boggles my mind that they could even think that, I mean. We've been adamant since day one. Um, we were so concerned about our daughter um, those first couple months that we didn't allow people to watch her. Um, she was always at home with my fiance and I, or uh, my fiance and all the boys. Um, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't get to do anything. Um, we were just we were we wanted her to be home, be safe, 
There's too yeah, many I mean, concerns. Your whole, your whole world revolves around your baby, right? Yeah, yeah that was um, exactly This it. is just, you know, I'll tell you what they want you to do. They want you to admit so that when they get that admittance from you, they want to hit you with those criminal charges because they can't solidify. They can't be 100% sure that you actually abused your child. So the only other option that they have is for you to, to coerce you, basically, mm-hmm. into admitting that you beat your child yep. so that they can actually do something and put you behind bars. That's what, they re- that's what their, their dream is right now. Yes. They, that's what they really want from you. Yes. Yes. They, they are some sick, really sick people. I mean, I, I really don't know how these people can sleep at night. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. At all. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, we have, you know, the the Gabriel Fernandez uh, case where this child was basically killed because CPS did nothing. Right. And here they are accusing innocent good parents of things that never even happened. Right, right. And and I'm sure. So how many parents right now do you even do you know that are going through something similar? Um, A lot Um, from the Fractured Families page. Um, it seems like this has become an epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's very upsetting at times to to be reading the, the the fractured families page and and seeing all these families that have almost identical stories to ours. Right. Um, right. They, they, they like had, almost word for word, like yeah. taking the words out your mouth. Yes. Identical guys. If if you if you have a case that involves fractures, please look into. Uh, fractured families on Facebook. They're a nonprofit and it's just, it's been a very great help. You know, I mean, it's very traumatic to even go on there sometimes because like Michael said there, I mean, there's hundreds of families going through the same thing, same exact case, same exact bones. I mean, everything. It's like, maybe like, it almost seems like they just have like a template that they use, you know, even across the country. I mean, we even have people from the UK yeah, Australia. This, yeah, I mean, all over, yeah. all over. It's just insane. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, uh, I just really had to put it out there. The fractured families group. Wow, it's been really. I don't. I honestly don't know where where I would have been without this group. And for for those of you that are listening to um, this podcast, I have my own personal case. I try not to make the um, podcast about my own personal case because I really want to give a platform for other parents, but. Um, my personal case is help reunite Cruz family. And Michael's aware of that. He's seen my case. My case didn't involve rib fractures, but holy crap, had it, had it involved rib fractures? I don't even know. I, they would probably have had ordered the death sentence out here if that would have happened. Like, it's just crazy. From the, the sounds of your case and what I've read and talked to you about my fiance, uh, it, yeah, definitely would have seemed like they would have gone for the yeah. death penalty. Right. Wow. Well, um, if that about sums up your story, if there's anything else that you want to put out there, maybe any advice that you have for parents that are currently going through this, um, anything really that you want to put out there for families? Yeah, just keep loving your kids um, is the biggest thing, Uh, because like we've learned through this experience, your family can be ripped apart at any minute. Mm Um, just for the smallest things, it seems like, um, Mm -hmm. and don't, don't trust CPS organizations, um, to lie and manipulate. Um, they had actually told us at one point, if we got a skeletal survey done of our, our youngest son, 
Um, if everything came back fine, the boys would be uh, given back to us and left in our care. Um, we went ahead with that. We got the skeletal survey done. Um, of course, it came back negative for any fractures or past fractures, and they still refused to give us our boys back. Wow. So just be very careful with these people. If, yeah, if it's not, absolutely. If it's not court-ordered, you don't have to do it. Um, right. If your lawyer doesn't think it's a good idea to do, then don't do it. The first thing you want to do is definitely right. get a lawyer um, and consult with them about everything. Right. And I, I mean, you. we also have to be careful with lawyers because, to be honest with you, yes. some lawyers don't even, first of all, they don't even know what they're doing in, in some of these cases. Oh, right. Um, they don't even know what experts to reach out to. So, I mean, to me, it's like, do your own due diligence like you have to be I, I i keep saying this you you literally have to be your attorney's right hand yes that's don't just <laughs> don't just expect to pay your attorney fifty thousand dollars and they're gonna bend over backwards for you and do all the work no that's, no, not, how that's not how it works <laughs> okay you have to do your own work you have to do your own research and even if you don't think that it's gonna matter in your case still send it to your attorney and say hey this is an important piece that i really think you should read up on Absolutely. now i'm not saying go emailing them every 10 minutes you know they don't they don't have the time for that but if you find something that's like really relevant to your case or some case law put it in an email you know put it all in one email if you can and just say hey i would really like for you to just research this and tell me what you think if you think we can use it um and i would also make sure that you consult with different attorneys because Different attorneys will tell you different things. Some attorneys will basically just tell you to shut up and do everything that CPS says. Yes. If you get an attorney that does that, I would personally say that's not a good attorney. Right. Because you don't have to do everything that CPS tells you to do. You still have your rights. You, if, if you have not lost your parental rights, you don't have to do every single thing that CPS says. Now, also, pick and choose your battles. You, you may have to do maybe an anger assessment. You know, you may have to do maybe some sort of parenting class. And that's okay. But when they're asking you to maybe, I don't know, move out of your house or leave your wife or your spouse, like that's just wrong. Right. You know, um, I don't even know where I was going with this. There's just so much that I want to throw out, throw out to parents because it's just, I'm really sick and tired of CPS taking advantage of people. And I keep saying it, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. It really, really is. The more you know, the more that you study their manual and use it against them, yes. the better it is. And they don't like it when we know what we're doing. Right. Right. They like the parents that have no clue. The parents that actually think that CPS is doing right by their kids. The parents that keep thinking that, oh, well, if somebody's kids get taken, it's probably because they did something wrong. They like that kind of stuff because they feed off of it mm -hmm. and take advantage of people that think that way. Ask questions. Ask a lot of right. questions. Ask questions Don't, for sure. Yes. If you have any questions or concerns, speak up. Um, definitely bring things to their attention that you're, you're not just sitting back and, and not doing anything. Let them know that you're observant, um, you're educating mm -hmm. yourself, and you see what's going on. Um, let them know because it, 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 could, it could possibly help. Um, Mm -hmm. If they realize that you're you're fighting um, and you're doing the right things and you're seeing things and you've educated said on the on their manual and stuff, um, mm -hmm. they they'll definitely take a little step back. Um, they might not immediately give you your kids back, but it at least right. 
opens up their eyes and makes them think a little bit harder on their next move. Right, right, exactly. And you guys, their their manuals are all public record, okay? It's not something that you yep. have to go out and buy. It's It's literally a Google search away. A lot of the things that we know today are literally a Google search away. Okay. You don't, it's not like you have to go buying anything. Um, There is a book and I can't even remember the name of it, but it was by a previous CPS um, caseworker. And there's some really good stuff in there. I really recommend the book. And once I, I find the, the name, I'm going to post it, but it's really helpful really to, to know. And I really think that every parent should be aware of CPS, not just the ones that are currently going through cases, even the ones that aren't, or even the ones that, you know, kids are grown because CPS doesn't stop there. You know, when your kids are grown, when your kids have kids, they're there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's all that I have, unless there's something else that you want to add. There is a book that I read. Um, it's called defending the innocent from child protective services. Um, it's by Derek Boodle. Um, who has a master's and is retired is a retired uh, clinical counselor with 14 years experience um, helping people with chronic and persistent mental health and family issues. Oh, perfect. Uh, part of his work included assisting families with legal and abuse issues and understanding the court system. Oh, sorry, uh, we I, cut out. Can you repeat that, the last part? Uh, part of his work included assisting families with legal and abuse issues and understanding the court system. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I'm going to have to read that book too. Yeah, it was a definitely uh, a great book to read. Um, definitely helped educate me awesome. a little bit more with dealing with CPS in the court. So um, I definitely awesome. recommend it. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I really hope to do more of like informational type um, yes. episodes with you if you are willing to join. I know for a lot of parents that... Um, a lot of parents have said that they want to share their story, but a lot are scared. And I, I completely understand that. So if, again, if anybody has a story that you're wanting to share, it doesn't have to involve a medical misdiagnosis. It can also be, you know, maybe a custody battle and CPS got involved, whatever. There's so many cases mm-hmm. that need to be shared. We can keep you anonymous. We can change names and locations. Um, but again, That's this true. was Michael that we had on today and he's in New York state. My case was in Oregon. Um, just to give you guys an idea. So we're, it's, it's all over the U S and even like we said, Australia, UK, it's all over. Um, so just be informed. And again, if you have a fracture case, or I think they're also accepting shaking baby syndrome cases in fractured families, uh, send them a request and just make sure that you fill out the questionnaire that way they can, um, add you to the group. Thank you so much for listening. And, um, I think this ends our episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Alrighty. Bye-bye.